to Sweet Tea and Strategy, a podcast by Ackerman Marketing and PR featuring business and community leaders throughout Tennessee, talking about issues and trends of importance to our state and beyond, and sharing some of their very best sweet tea recipes and tea sipping stories. We're delighted to have as our guest today, Jeff Conyers, CEO of the Dollywood Foundation. And Jeff, before we dive into talking about the foundation, Regardless of where you are from, and I think you may be from Middle Tennessee, uh, your close association with Dolly Parton and all things Smoky Mountains almost requires that you're a fan of sweet tea, even if it's an acquired taste. Uh, so do you like sweet tea? And if you do, tell us a favorite recipe or maybe a favorite restaurant that you think serves amazing sweet tea. Sure. Well, of course, I love sweet tea. I grew up in Nashville and and have uh, lived in the eastern part of the state now here in uh, in Sevier County, Pigeon Forge area for the last 10 years. And uh, I, th- I don't know if they'll let you live here if you don't like sweet tea. So um, I tell you, I, I don't necessarily have a, a recipe myself, but I do like my sweet tea with some mint in it, some spearmint. Uh, I think that's definitely the way to go. So certainly uh, uh, Anytime you get some sweet tea is a good time, but but if on a, especially on a warm summer day and you put a few sprigs of mint spearmint in there and you, you've got my number. Sounds perfect. Thank you for being <laughs> with us. You've you've now passed the official sweet tea test. So there okay. you go. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you and the Dollywood Foundation. First of all, you give us a little bit about your background and how you ended up as CEO of this amazing organization. What were you doing before and what attracted you to to come here and do this job? Besides, of course, getting to work closely with Dolly Parton, a true national treasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, my my a quick version of my story uh, is I was um, not one of the not one of the people coming out of school or going through school that knew exactly what I wanted to do in life. I'm always impressed with those people. They, they, they're in school, they know exactly what they're going to go do, and they're coming out and they're just laser focused, and that was definitely not me. I, I was open-minded, open-ended, and um, when I, uh, I was sort of fresh out of school, biology major, thinking about medicine, and a good friend of our families uh, had decided that he was going to run for governor of Tennessee, and this is uh, uh, of course, two-term mayor of Nashville, and then then later two-term governor of Tennessee, Phil Bredesen. And uh, they asked me if I would be interested in joining his campaign and traveling with him on a regular, you know, on a day-to-day basis, and uh, in a position that was called a body man, which I knew nothing about. Didn't have any interest in the political world, and originally thought, I don't think this is for me. But uh, you know, they were looking for someone that he knew and felt would feel comfortable with because you're in each other's face all day. And, and uh, so I, I decided to do it in one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my lifetime. I think I learned more in four or five years of working and traveling with, uh, with Governor Bredesen than just about probably anything I could have done. So what was interesting about that, the reason I mentioned that was I remember when we were traveling around. And we were introduced to the idea of Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. It started in Tennessee, and uh, we were introduced to the concept of, you know, uh, the program gifting a book each each month to children uh, directly to their homes with their name on the on the mailing label, specially selected book. And I remember uh, 
uh, Phil Bredesen, the look on his face. And, and by the way, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. He has a physics degree from Harvard. He's just really, really sharp. Uh, and I remember the look on his face and he said, that is absolutely brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? And he said, you know what? Uh, he said, if I get elected, I'd really love to make sure that every child in Tennessee can participate in the Imagination Library. So he went on, was elected in 2002. In 2004, he created a foundation called the Governor's Books from Birth Foundation. And the mission of that foundation was to ensure that all 95 counties in Tennessee had a local imagination library program and that every child in the county could, could register and participate, receive books in the building. Um, I had the really great fortune a few years later of joining the Governor's Foundation as the, as the president of that foundation. And so I, I led that foundation for about three years. And that's how I got to know Dolly and the Dollywood Foundation team. And we worked, of course, very closely on the Imagination Library, doing it statewide in Tennessee. And of course, the program works well beyond Tennessee. But that's how I got to know that that, that, that team. And I'm sure you probably won't be surprised to, to hear that uh, Dolly has always been a forward-thinking, visionary, what-are-we-doing-next kind of creator. And uh, when they were looking down the road at the foundation, they, they uh, invited me to join and potentially one day with the idea of potentially one day leading the foundation. And so uh, that's been 10 years ago. And now it's just a real honor of my lifetime, in all honesty, to get to work with her and to get to work on uh, this work that's so meaningful and important to so many children and families. What a great story. Yeah, it's a lot of, been a lot of fun. I feel like a lucky guy, that's for sure. So for those who may not know a lot about the work of the foundation, could you provide sort of an overview, beginning with its mission, how it began, how it's grown, and maybe some of the more significant achievements that you'd like people to know about? Yeah, absolutely. The mission of the foundation really starts back with Dolly, uh, as, as just about everything that we do, because she's such an inspiration. She's a creator. Uh, by nature, you know, of course, a prolific songwriter and, and, of course, movies and singer and all that. But she's a creator at heart. And so uh, you will often hear her say that, you know, when you she believes when you get in a position to be able to help, you should help. Mm -hmm. And so when she uh, went on, had a really successful career and she was thinking about how do I help? And. Um, most everything that Dolly creates comes from a very personal place for her, and the Imagination Library is no exception. Uh, the Dollywood Foundation was created in 1990, uh, 1988, excuse me, and the Imagination Library came along in around 1995. They tried a few things with the foundation before really landing on the, the one that I think grabbed Dolly by the heart and grabbed the world by the heart, if you will. Uh, and that was the Imagination Library aimed at delivering books uh, on a regular basis in a very personal way to children at home. And that comes from the experience that Dolly had with her father. And her father didn't know how to read, uh, and he didn't know how to read or write. So he was functionally illiterate. And she often describes her father as one of the smartest men that she's ever known. But at the same time, she witnessed how not being able to read and write held him back in life. And she always wondered what he may have gone on to do, you know, if he would have had just that solid base to begin from. So as she was thinking about her life and what she could do, she thought, gosh, 
we can get books into the hands of children early in life and help them develop a love of books and reading, see themselves as owners of books, see themselves as readers, and get them past that hurdle early in life so that they start school ready to ready to learn. And so that ultimately is at the heart of the mission of the foundation is 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 uh, ensuring that kids have those books and and ultimately ties right back to Dolly, a very personal moment for Dolly and experience with her father. That's wonderful. So describe how the foundation works, how the Imagination Library works, who's, who it serves, some of the awesome statistics in terms of just the pure numbers of children that you're impacting. And it's now international, right? So what countries you're involved with? It is indeed. Yeah, we started this program, as I mentioned, uh, in 1995, and we're mailing, you know, uh, a couple of thousand books a month to children in Sevier County. And what was interesting about it was, I, you know, because I've, I'm assuming because Dolly was involved uh, and she tends to get a, a, a large amount of attention, people found out what she was doing and requests began coming into the foundation. Hey, I would like to get this in my county. How do we do this? Can we get this over here? So she made a program available. Yeah, it was very organic. It was very organic. At the beginning, the intention was not to grow it the way that it's, you know, the way it's grown. And the calling for it just became so great that she made the program what we call available for uh, for replication. So basically what she said was, well, fine, I'll give you our team. I'll give you our model. We'll cover all of that stuff if your community would like to partner with us and cover the wholesale cost of books and mailing for children in your community. So okay. none of that overhead or any of that part is built in. And you get to, you know, communities that work with us get to take advantage of the economies of scale because we buy hundreds of thousands of books at a time. And uh, and so that's how it really started was just community by community. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Governor Bredesen created the statewide foundation in 2004. Tennessee became the first statewide program where every child in the state uh, zero to five had access to participate. And we started growing from there. We actually transitioned uh, into a program in Canada in 2007, a program in the United Kingdom in 2008. Now have programs in the Republic of Ireland and in Australia um, and multiple statewide programs now. So North Carolina, Delaware, Arkansas, West Virginia, Ohio, uh, Colorado and Oklahoma are coming on board. So it's it just continues to explode and continues the calling for it continues to be so significant. Uh, we now have uh, about 1.8 million children a month that are registered and receiving a book wow. in the mail from us. Uh, and we just celebrated a huge milestone in December of 2020, which was having mailed our 150th million 150 millionth book. That's even hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. That's yeah. Cool. So it's it's just exploded in terms of growth. Do you it really has, yeah. Wanting, do you ever have more people wanting to participate than you have the ability to uh, embrace within the program? Well, you know, I think, um, fortunately, the model that we've set up, this replication model, is so turnkey that we never turn anybody away. Mm -hmm. um, I do have some, I do have folks from other countries that call, uh, you know, that'll ring us up and say, hey, you know, I'd love to do this in France or I'd love to do this. Um, we're, 
we've sort of have paused on expanding into other countries for the moment because we're focused on trying to grow in the countries that we're trying to do what we what we have well, you know. Um, but we don't turn any new programs away. So we're starting, um, gosh, many, many, many new programs each and every week. And uh, but the state bringing on the statewide programs is is uh, something that we've really focused on in the past few years, and that takes a lot of time and energy. There's just uh, more people involved, bigger dollars involved, and a uh, little bit, a few more moving parts. But absolutely, we're we're just growing like gangbusters and happy to do it. I think in um, 2020, in one of the what was arguably one of the toughest years for many people you know, with regards to the pandemic, a lot of children and families are hurting and businesses. Um, we were one of those sort of odd, fortunate organizations where we grew uh, the total books mailed in the program over the previous year by about 13 and a half percent. So that's wonderful. Even in a really tough year, we've had a, a lot of growth. You know, you were meeting such a, an enhanced need, I would say, during 2020 with a lot of kids at home not going to the usual places they're out and about going to. So perfect program for being able to, you know, stay at home and sort of help your kids get up to speed and, and reading, even when they're not going to a daycare center or kindergarten or preschool or whatever. So that's great. Are there any states that you are not in now that you're really focused on? Plenty. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's quite a few that we're um, in the, in what I would say the development process with. Um, some of them are a little more difficult than others, just return, just just in terms of the scale. I'm thinking Texas and California, for example. You know, we're yeah, New York. We're we're um, uh, right now we're pulling up on a couple million children a month. You know, registered for the Imagination Library Program, which was a goal that we were seeking out um, when we began looking at Texas and California. Um, so we've we've been doing the Imagination Library for 25 years and have grown up to almost 2 million children a month. There are 2 million eligible children in Texas, and there are another 2 million eligible children in California. So, so bringing on states at that scale are very, very doable for us. All of our logistic partners have the capacity and ability to do it. Um, but we've just now sort of gotten into position to be able to do those. And so that's really exciting for us because um, I think one of the neat pieces about the Imagination Library is its scalability. And that has a lot of factors that go into that. Affordability is one. The simplicity of the program, people can get their head wrapped around it, both community partners and parents. Um, but then the turnkey model of just being able to plug in be a part of the buying as the group and then having books that are just delivered to children and, you know, at their homes, the model tends to work well for scale. So we're, we're just. Uh, what a beautiful model for a nonprofit organization. Are there other nonprofit organizations who don't have anything to do with the work of the imagination library who are looking to you to help them figure out how to do sort of this plug and play model effectively? Yes, um, not for profits. We we actually all of our community partners that we work with are not for profits. Right. Um, so so uh, we have two thousand plus community partners all across the U.S. and in other countries. Um, and and effectively, what the Imagination Library helps them do is reach a large group of their constituency, if you will. That sometimes can be really difficult to do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and what's neat about it is for not-for-profits, local organizations that are serving children and families that are trying to figure out how to get their services to them, the Imagination Library tends to be a great entree, not only to get books into the hands of children and families at home, but also for our community partners to then reach out and offer these additional great services that they have locally there to those children and families. So it's really a win for everybody. Right. So you all are excellent at partnering, it sounds like. Imagine the secret of the Imagination Library is local partnerships. Yeah, yeah. These these yeah. community partners are at the heart of what we do. The Imagination Library would not be what it is today without the, these local partnerships, these local community partners that make it happen for children and families in their community. If we've actually experienced this in a unique way, when we've tried to go in and just launch an Imagination Library ourselves in a community without that community partner, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work near as well. So, Jeff, what is your favorite book of the books that you all have been distributing? I, you know, we have so many of them that it changes occasionally, but there are a few steadfast, uh, steadfast books. And, and sometimes that depends on which books I'm reading with my kids. Uh, I have a nine-year-old and a uh, son and a seven-year-old daughter at home. And so we grew up reading the Imagination Library books together. But one that we always have fun going back to and reading no matter what is The Little Engine That Could. It's sort of the theme book, if you will, of the Imagination Library and Dolly herself. She often calls herself the little engine that did. And um, and so that whole, you know, the theme of I think I can, I think I can, I think I can is, is really defines uh, our philosophy and approach with the Imagination Library. And, and it's one that I, I continue to go back to. Yes, that's a good one. It's a good one. It is. For it all is. of us. Okay, so the question that I'm sure everyone is waiting to hear the answer to is, what is it like to have the privilege of working with Dolly Parton, one of the most beloved celebrities in the world? What is she really like off camera? It's humbling for me. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly hum- humbling. She, um, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I uh, not that, not that Governor Bredesen or any of the, yeah, are, are sort of at the scale of Dolly Parton, but I grew up working very closely with people who were in the public eye. Right. And, you know, what you quickly figure out is they're people too. They have emotions, they have uh, fears and triumphs and all the stuff that us, uh, you know, I'm using air quotes here, normal people have, right? Um, um, And so it's really interesting to see from that perspective, looking out the public perceptions. Um, What's amazing about Dolly Parton is she has um, managed to stay sort of in the middle of the road, uh, especially now. One of you know, I say at a time at one when our country is particularly divided, has managed to stay appealing to so many different groups of people. And there's a there's a real philosophy behind that approach and how how and why that works. Um, and it's been you know it's really interesting to watch that process. Uh, and watch her thoughts on that happen. But the, the I think one of the most beautiful parts about Dolly is what you see on TV or you hear on radio or you hear in a movie is exactly what you get in real life, if not even more. I often tell people she's m- more funny, she's more beautiful, she's more genuine in real life um, than sometimes even what you get, you know, what you get on a you know, in a public setting, she's just, uh, she has a way to make you feel at home. 
And she's one of those kind of people that have that rare gift that when they look at you and talk to you, you feel like nothing else around you is there. Exactly. You know, they just sort of locked in. And so it's, it's a real, she's a, she's just a beautiful person. She, all of what, all of what she creates and all of what you see from her all comes from the heart. It's mm-hmm. all genuine. It's all has meaning and purpose behind it. And she really genuinely wants to just inspire and uplift people. I mean, that's what she feels like she's here to do. And she tries to have that come through in everything that she creates. You know, I'll tell you a tiny little Dolly story. When our company was uh, a lot younger, one of our earliest clients was Dollywood. And it, I think the third year of their um, opening up the park, they were looking for some new ideas to sort of make that opening fresh. And they called us in to do some work for them. So we were going to actually meet her, uh, and which was just, you know, everyone was wanting to, to be a part of that account, obviously. Um, we were meet, meeting her in her apartment that was over one of the retail stores in Dollywood in the morning. And of course, we were all terribly nervous. We were going to do a photo shoot. And we knocked on the door, gingerly knocked on the door, and she opened the door herself, was standing there with eating a bowl of cheese grits. <laughs> And said, y'all come in and have some cheese grits with me. And we, of course, everybody just, you know, breathed a sigh of relief. And, you know, we literally sat there for a good, you know, 30, 45 minutes talking about whatever before we got to the business at hand. And so she's, yeah, her sense of a sort of reality and being able to, no matter what setting she's in, always be her is, is a really amazing thing that I think does appeal to everybody who has any connection with her at all so she it's it's like a, a form of magic that she can she could work as a result of just being so genuine it really is isn't that fun she i think she senses that and you know she's done this for a long time now. so she's you know and i've never seen you know growing up in nashville you, you see a lot of country music stars and especially what i was involved in before you meet a lot of different kind of people i've never seen start genuine stars run over to Dolly to have their picture made with her or get her autograph as if it were just another member of the public you know it's an amazing thing and I I think she has developed this knack for sensing that and just making people laugh or smile or just feel at ease around her Uh, it it's a real it's a real gift she has so do you have a favorite Dolly quote Oh my, how many favorite Dolly quotes do I have? Um, I'll tell you one that we use all the time at the Dollywood Foundation, which I think is absolutely true, is you can never get enough books into the hands of enough children. Yes, yes. Um, it's, a, it's a philosophy that we have uh, in, again, trying to get books in the hands of children very and families very early in life so that hopefully they have their own library of books by the time they start school. If we feel like if we can accomplish that, and the research has shown us that too, that if we can do that, that children are more comfortable around, they spend more time reading books by themselves, that families read more together, you just lower that barrier to entry on reading and books. And you know, I know it's hard for us to remember now as adults, but learning a language and seeing a written word on page can be very, very intimidating. Yes. We've seen that recently with our own kids at home and it can be quite scary. And the English language can be pretty challenging too, you know, especially at times. So um, 
So to, to be able to help children sort of overcome that and develop a level of comfort with books and seeing themselves as readers. So they start school just really ready to go with a tool in their toolbox that they're going to use not only for their school career, but for the rest of their life is, uh, we feel like, a really important thing. Jeff, you all are doing amazing work. And, and we're lucky to have your organization here at East Tennessee and lucky to have Dolly to be able to call her one of our own. Is there anything that we haven't talked about or I haven't asked you about that you would love to talk about? Well, um, I think we talked about it a little bit, but you know, one of the things that doesn't get emphasized quite enough, I don't think, when we talk about the Imagination Library is back to those community partnerships. I mentioned, you know, we're here in East Tennessee. We have community partners in all 95 counties. So this is a local organization in every county that's working to make sure that children and families in their community can be enrolled in the, in the Imagination Library. We often say to families, hey, look, the Imagination Library is free to your family. There's no cost to your family to register and receive books in the mail. But as we all know, that doesn't mean it's free. Right? There are, you know, the Dollywood Foundation, our team puts a lot of, uh, of, of money and resources and energy into making the program available. But these community partners, that are going out in their community and finding children and registering from the program and raising local money that roughly $2 per child per month to have them enrolled in the Imagination Library is the way that this program works and operates and, and truly thrives. And so I just can't keep enough praise on these community partners, not only all across Tennessee, but all across the country and in other countries too, that are working to make the Imagination Library available for children and families where they live. It is a true community-based program. And again, the Imagination Library just wouldn't be what it is uh, without it. So if people want to volunteer, how would they best do that? Well, they can go to our website, which is imaginationlibrary.com, and they can check the availability of programs in their community. Um, by typing in a zip code, you can see if there's a program available where you live. And if there is, you can pull up information on that local program and get in touch with them and see what they need. Sometimes they need help in finding children that, that live in the community. Sometimes they need help fundraising. Sometimes they have local reading events, you name it. Just depends on community to community. But you can find them on our website and reach out to them and get involved. Perfect. Jeff, we appreciate this so much. We love the work that you're doing. The Dollywood Foundation is amazing, bringing positive solutions to the issue of illiteracy and tying back to Dolly's her childhood is amazing also. Uh, and we just welcome you on Sweet Tea and Strategy. Thank you so much for being our guest. It has been thoroughly enjoyable. It's been absolutely my pleasure. Any day I get to wake up and talk about what I what I do for a living is a great day to me. And thank you for this platform to be able to share all the great work that so many folks in Tennessee and beyond are doing to, to make the world a better place. So thanks for having me. You are so welcome. We've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you again. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thank you.